good evening or good morning, depending on whatever time you're watching this uh, webinar today or listening to it as a podcast or watching it as a video on YouTube. And that ding, let me know that we are live and Facebook is notifying everybody that we are live. So yay. Um, what we're going to talk about today is lazy training. <laughs> I love lazy training. Absolutely adore it because... I get to sit down and train dogs. Now, we do a lot of service dogs. We do a lot of pet dogs. We do a lot of puppies. And one thing that people are always under the mistaken impression is that you have to exercise the dog a lot. And I'm going to tell you something. If you exercise the dog a lot, you're going to have a dog who is Superman or an Olympic athlete and who needs more and more and more. And guess what? You can't do more and more and more. And you don't want a dog who five miles is nothing. It's just a quick warm up. Even if you run and you want your dog to do marathons with you, you still want to do lazy training. And one of the nice things about lazy training is if you hurt yourself, if for whatever reason, maybe you're sick, uh, Luke's not feeling good. He's been eating a lot of chicken soup the last couple days. Uh, so maybe you're sick and you don't want to get off of the couch. Uh, maybe the weather is terrible outside. Maybe it is snowing and you have three foot of snow on the ground. Maybe there's a hurricane coming through. Maybe it is tarantula migration time and you live in Colorado. Uh, maybe it's monsoon time and you live in Arizona. Who knows? But maybe there's a reason you can't go outside and work with your dog and exercise your dog. Uh, maybe you have physical limitations, right, for just a little bit, but maybe you have physical limitations and you can't take your dog and work them even in the house because you are stuck in a chair, you are stuck on the couch, or like me, you're stuck in a rolly chair and you can't do too much. So what do you do then? Are you going to keep up with your dog's training or are you just going to let it all fall apart. You don't want to let it fall apart, right? You want to keep going. You want to keep moving. So what do you do? So I started lazy training a while ago and I started lazy training because I'm over six foot tall and that's very tall. And some dogs I work with are very short. And yeah, sometimes we work with the great Danes and the Mastiffs and stuff, or like the tall shepherds or the tall labs and they're closer to my height, but sometimes that's not the case. And I'm working with the little dogs, you know, even little puppies, you know, 20 inch dogs, which okay size dog, but I'm bending over a lot and I don't want to have to bend over a lot. Uh, so what do you do? You do lazy training and that's where your clicker comes in. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight is clicker. But first I want to read some of the comments because I know we've got some people on here already. Uh, the camp dogs know your voice, Victoria. Yep, because Hazel went up to the TV and she's never done that before and she won't take her eyes away. It's funny. Yeah, the dogs that we train, they know <laughs> whenever you're listening to the podcast, watching the videos or watching one of our webinars, because apparently I have a unique and distinctive voice. But my mom sounds real similar to me, too. So um, that's always funny whenever she comes down to visit and our dogs are here and she says something and they're like, wait, you didn't just say that? Um here we go. Oh my God, the rain today in Phoenix, Arizona. Going potty is going to be a huge chore, right? Yep. Hi guys. Hello, hello. Okay. So those were the comments so far. Um, so what we're going to talk about is, is like I said, we're going to talk about the lazy training uh, because Sammy's here, Panda's here. Awesome. Hey, so Remy's not here because we have Remy. She's actually in the dog room. 
Um, I was going to pull her for today to demonstrate, but she's she's a ringer. Gypsy's a ringer too, but Gypsy's my ringer, so that's who we're using today. Um, but guess what, guys? This one is all about clicker training. Uh, all about clicker training. And what is clicker training? Clicker training is basically a way to train your dog using a unique marker. Okay, so I like to use markers when I train dogs. And there's four markers that I usually use. There's two for keep going and two for don't keep going. Okay, stop that. So for the two to keep going, um, or the good ones, right? So there's a keep going and there's a terminal signal. I try not to use too many big words. So the terminal signal means, oh my gosh, I love what you did right there. That is exactly what I wanted you to do. And because you did that, you're going to get this treat. Okay. So for that, you can use a clicker. What's a clicker? It is a little noisemaker. So this is my favorite, favorite clicker ever. It's Gary Wilkes Mega Click. You see, it's got the elastic. It's a box clicker is what we call these, but it has a little Audi button. Uh, so what you can do is stick it on your thumb and then you've got it right here to click. Okay. And it's just, it's a unique noise. We have some dogs, I don't know how many clicky pens right here. Sometimes I'll use a clicky pen, click, click, and use that as the marker for the dog. And like I said, it just means I like that. Awesome. Because you did that, I'm going to give you a treat. Now I also use verbal markers with my dogs and the verbal markers that I use are usually break or yes. A lot of people want to use good or okay. Don't use good or okay. Those are terrible terminal bridges. You want to use break. Yes, I can use the word click or I can use the clicker. So when I'm using with clients, sometimes I'll say the word click when they should be clicking. So some dogs learn that click, saying the word click means clicker, right? Same thing. So there's four. Yes, break, clicker, or click the word. Okay. And like I said, that means you don't have to do it. So if my dog sits, I can click, give him a treat. He's going to get up. That's fine if he gets up. Uh, the other ones are the keep going. So I use good for that. Good, 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 good. And what I want with that is I like what you're doing. Keep doing it. Don't stop doing it yet. Keep it up. Here's a treat maybe to keep you going. Here's maybe another treat. Now click. Now you're done and you can move. Okay, and I'm going to show you how all this stuff works, guys. Don't worry about it. And then the two for the behaviors I don't want is a no, and it's said in a firm voice. It's not no, or don't do that, silly. It is no, and I use what I call my mom voice. Um, and whenever I record myself and I say, you know, no to the dogs, it sounds really mean. But the idea is to sound not all happy and everything's okay. So for me, it's no usually somewhere around there, right? No means don't you do that. And I follow it up with a reducer. So it could be a bonker. It could be a pet convincer. It could be a doggy don't. It could be a, a correction of some sort. Um, there's a whole bunch of them you can choose from. And then the other one that we use is uh-uh or nope. Nope. Right? Um, not no, but nope or uh-uh. I prefer uh-uh, Rich likes nope. Um, and what that means is you were right. Now you're wrong. Go back and do it right again. So for example, Gypsy's on place. Good, 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 good. She gets off place, uh-uh. She gets back on place, good, good. Click, treat, okay? So that's how it all kind of works together with it. And it works out just beautifully. 
Um, so that's that's what we do. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do with clicker stuff. I've been clicking as long as I've been a dog trainer. I started out as a clicker-based trainer, which not everybody knows. Uh, so I am really good with a clicker. I am good with capturing behaviors. I'm good with shaping them. I'm good, awesome with a clicker. But a clicker is not a be-all and end-all. It is great for shaping new behaviors, for introducing new behaviors, for getting them a foundation, getting them going. It is not good for reducing behaviors, right? So you can add things with the clicker, but you can't really take away. Now people are going to tell you, well, wait a minute. Yes, you can. I'm going to wait for my dog to stop jumping up on you. And then he's going to sit and then I'm going to click and treat. It doesn't work that way. Like I know people do it, but the recidivism rate for the naughty behavior, which means the chances of them going back to that unwanted behavior are really high. Okay. And that happens a lot with it. So then the dog or the dog learns jump, 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 sit, treat. Okay. Jump, 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 sit, treat. Okay. So when I jump, then I sit, then I get a treat. Ha, cool. I've got this. And that's not what we want to teach your dog. So like I said, for marker wise, clickers, Amazon has clickers. Gary Wilkes' site has clickers. Um, Clickandtreat.com is what it says on here. Um, or pet stores usually have them. They usually have them by the checkout. They're a buck or two. Um, these ones are the more expensive ones, but they're not, you know, they're still, I think like maybe $3 or $3.50. Totally worth it. I love them. I think I have like three or four of them around the house. And they're ones I do not give away. These are mine forever and ever. <laughs> I don't give them away. And the ones I order on Amazon, I do give away. Uh, whenever clients come if they don't have them so what to use is your marker okay ready for the next it is going to be chart i'm sorry about that rich wants to go get paint in there complaining about that and luke's preoccupied at the moment so ignore the dogs barking um we got a couple new boot camp dogs and they're not used to the routine yet um so how to charge your marker how do you charge your marker guys well i've got gypsy here to show you what i want you to do whenever it's time for you to charge your marker, is I want you to get some treats out. Opening up my treats tonight, we are using Merrick Power Bites. Um, these are the real salmon recipe. <coughs> Excuse me. And these are the real salmon recipe. Now these are, you keep one on your gear shift. Jane, you know what? So do I. The Jeep has, I think, one or two on the gear shift. I'm going to have the wrist coil because I usually get the ones that have the wrist coil so I can put it on my wrist and not have to worry about it. So I just put them on the gear. Um, so these are them. They're pretty big. Um, they are, what's this, about the size of a dime nickel because <laughs> that's a real size. So what you can always do is break them in half, right? You can break them in half again if you want to. Uh, there's a funny meme that's, you know, like I, I um, only give my dog, I trick my dog. I only give them half a treat and let them think they're getting a real treat. Dogs don't care. They really don't care if they get half a treat or a full treat. They just want that, that taste. Usually I use small treats when I'm training. Uh, I do like these Merrick. That's what Panda had today for treats, right? I noticed that. And that's what I had back here. So it's just coincidence uh, with Panda and with Gypsy here. Like this is what they should eat today is the salmon treats. And then Kimmy just joined us. I'm glad you joined us. And you always want to catch your dog doing good. That's why it's in the car. That's awesome. And that is perfect. And we're actually going to talk about that today. Uh, capturing calm, capturing them doing good. Uh, you know, it's it's huge. It really is. Uh, so how to charge your marker. Clickers everywhere, right? I do too. Yeah. And, and then sometimes I don't have them. I'm like, where are they? I don't have a box of clickers. And I have to go get my box of clickers. Now, another treat I like are these. 
because I don't have to break these up. Now I can, but I usually don't. And what these are is Tricky Trainers, Chewy. Now you have to watch because some chewy ones or some are dry ones. And I don't care a lot for the dry treats um, to use as training treats. I much prefer the soft treats. So if you look, if you see these, these are a little bigger than pea size because they're cylinders, they're not circles. Um, but I really like these ones as well. So if I run out of the Merricks tonight, we've got these. And I usually have one. I'm back here. If you haven't realized, guys, I do these from the bedroom usually. Um, so I'm, you know, I always have a bag of treats and a couple of clickers back here. Uh, okay, we got a couple questions first. Uh, Shira says, I use kibble. They don't care. And I use kibble a lot too, but you know what I found with the kibble is I end up getting that, that powdery stuff they coat the kibble with on my hand. And that gets annoying to me. I'd rather have, you know, have my hands a little bit like treats than have it coated with the kibble stuff because then I wipe it on my clothes. Um, sometimes whenever we're doing the boot camp dogs too, they're like, mm -mm, I'm not eating that kibble. I know what that is. And I have to have something a little more palatable for them. I'm using a lot of big words tonight, guys. So I have to have something a little more tasty for them. And uh, and so we have the treats. And I have a whole bunch of different treats. I order most of them from Chewy. Uh, and I just go through and whatever's on sale, I'll order. Um, so sometimes I'll get a few bags of these. And I have, you guys don't even want to see my reserve of treats in the back. Um, I have like two boxes, two big boxes of treats, um, all different types to use if I need it with the dogs. And sometimes even the boot camp dogs, even the boarding dogs, you know, even if we're not in an official training session, I'll just walk down the dog room and I'll just give everybody treats. So like, it's not just a training thing. Like I give them treats all the time. I like to give them the treats. It makes me happy and it makes them happy. Um, is there any way to get them? Um, to stop barking when you don't have a corrector. So, and that ties in with another one we have here. Um, so how do you discourage a behavior without using a clicker like the jumping you use as an example? So let me, uh, let me talk about this real quick before we move on because I wanna make sure that everyone's questions get answered too, but I have my little titles so I can make sure that I know what we're doing. Um, Cara says she orders from Chewy.com. Chewy's the best. And since they opened the place in Ocala, which is like a half hour from here, I get them like the next day a lot of times. And that is really hard for me because like I can order them and have them here tomorrow. How awesome is that? So then it, it encourages me to order a lot more than I need. And that's why we have two giant boxes. And I mean, giant boxes, like the totes that you put away for Christmas, just full of different types of treats for the dogs. Um, and then Rue will actually take a full bag of treats pop it up when we're not here and eat them all. So like, that's why they're in boxes and not just out. Um, so how do you discourage behavior without using a clicker? How do you get your dog to stop barking? There's a couple different things you can do. So I call them reducers and that's a pet convincer, which is, um, uh, look it up on Amazon, pet convincer. Um, we have them for sale here, but it's um, a canister of air, CO2 canister, um, and it's high pressure. So if you've ever used a cream whipper, right? I, I got one of those, I love them. Um, Jane says, what do you mean Chewy Ocala? The distribution center, Jane, is on, um, you can see it from 75 as you're leaving Ocala towards Gainesville. If you look to the right after that last Ocala exit, you'll see there's a distribution center. Now it's not a store store, but it is the distribution center. So that's where it ships from. I don't think you can go in there and buy retail, but I would check because I would be there every day. <laughs> um, so there's reducers. So the pet convincer. Um, there's doggy don't. Again, look it up and see what it is. It looks like a taser. There's, it's not a taser. You're not going to get zapped, but it makes that noise. Uh, so does the pet convincer makes the noise. We call it Caesar in a can, right? Because it goes like, 
Um, so there's those two. There's the bonker. What's a bonker? Look up Gary Wilkes. It's a towel ho-ho rolled up with gum bands on either end. Uh, so there's that. There's a squirt bottle. Uh, and you can put different things in the squirt bottle. There's an e-collar. There's a prong collar. And yes, I'm talking about corrections. I'm going to get, you know, roasted for it. But you have to correct your dog. You correct your kids, right? You correct your spouse. You correct yourself when you're wrong. So you correct your dog too. Um, you don't let naughty behaviors go unpunished because it could really hurt your dog. I've had dogs. Um, well, I had one dog, a friend's dog, who um, she was putting her dog through boot camp with us. But her son had a dog, right? And he got a hold of the iPhone charger cable and he chewed up the iPhone charger cable. And because of that, it frayed and it went everywhere. So they had to do surgery and they had to enter him at like six points on his stomach, um, cut him open, remove the, the, the copper cable stuff on the inside that bloomed out. And he had to be in the hospital for a week. Hey, Luke, what do you need, honey? Luke just opened the door, but then he left. I think he figured out that I was on a webinar, podcast type of thing. Okay, so like even things like that, like your dog cannot chew an electrical cord because it could kill him literally, right? Um, he can't eat things that, uh, that could hurt him. You know, like if your dog's going to go like antifreeze, you're not going to be like, click for stop licking the antifreeze. Like you have to stop the behavior. So how do you do it? You're going to use the word no, said in a firm voice. So remember, it's not nobody don't do that. It's no firmly. And then you're going to follow it up with one of these reducers. And what a reducer does is it reduces behavior, right? So no in a squirt of air, right? No, and a leash pop. No, and maybe the dog's jumping up on me, right? So no, is the dog's jumping up on me. And then I'm just going to walk into the dog and I'm going to use spatial pressure to get the dog to move out of my path. And I do that with all size dogs. So I'll do that with little dogs because if you're coming in with groceries from the store, right? Or you're carrying your laundry basket through the house, if your little dog gets underfoot, he could trip you and he could really hurt you and you could really hurt him. And you can't have that happen. So the dogs have to know that if I'm walking, you have to get out of my path. I want you to part like the Red Sea. So it doesn't have to be hurtful. It doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be mean and evil. It has to be effective. Okay. So a lot of times a new dog came in today. A shepherd came in about an hour and 45 minutes ago, barking up a storm. No pet convincer. Uh, another dog today was barking because we're still having the siding going on in the house. Um, so he, they're outside, they're banging away, right? They've got their music going. It's absolutely crazy. And the dog sees and sparks. So the dog got his e-collar put on. No, push the button. Um, another dog was whining a lot. No, push the button. So, you know, you want to make sure that you can stop the behavior because if you just wait for the dog to stop barking and then click and treat, now there's, there are some people, and I've heard this from other trainers, I have not tried it, that if a dog's barking, just throw food at him and he'll stop and it will like incite his appetite of state drives type of thing. And he'll like, he'll be fine. I haven't tried it because usually whenever the dogs come out to the ranch for boarding or boot camp and they're stressed, it's usually for boarding, for boot camp, right? They come out and they're stressed and I give them a treat or I toss, you know, food in there, they're not going to eat it, even if they're barking, even if they're hungry, right? So I don't get it. Now, there's probably going to be one dog that we get in that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this. Like, this is going to be perfect for this dog. And I'll try it and see how it goes. And maybe it'll be the best thing in the world. And I'll say, oh my goodness, where have you been all my life, baby? 
but like I said, from just from my experience, the dogs who are barking, the dogs who are stressed, they're not eating. They're not eating even if I toss a handful of treats in there. So it might work on some dogs. I mean, guys, everything's worked on one dog. Ignoring it has worked on at least one dog or people won't be saying to do it. But, but yeah, so what I do is, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll use spatial pressure. I'll use some sort of reducer um, to get them to, to not do that. Okay. Um, Jackie says, I've got some dehydrated raw liver to use tomorrow. That's awesome. I used to buy liver, beef liver, not like human liver at like the evil organ store. I used to buy beef liver and I'd boil it and I'd bake it and I'd chop it up and my house stuck to high heaven. And after doing it like four times, I'm like, I cannot do this again because it stinks so bad. So, um, so yeah, now I just buy the freeze dried raw or the freeze dried liver because I'm not smelling at my house, even though it's more expensive, I'll do it. But if anyone wants to make liver for me, that works too. Uh, Melissa asks, same question, but with barking when we're out. Yeah, for, yeah, we talked about that. Order from Chewy. Cheryl says hers loves turkey bacon. That's awesome. Uh, Shane says I use moist and meaty dog food as treats because Roman doesn't like normal treats. Right? Yeah. Some dogs are weird. Um, some dogs, like really, they they like a few things. Or like when Sammy was here, he had um, the freeze-dried beef liver. So his owner is so fantastic. And she cut them all up because you know how they come in these giant cubes? And the dogs aren't going to eat like, well, they would love to eat the giant cubes, but you're like, dude, I need to get like a whole bunch of behaviors out of you. And with this giant cube, you're going to get filled up pretty quickly. But to sit for me to sit there and chop them up, it takes forever. I've actually sat and chopped up bags of these type of things before, or even bags of like the tree trainers. And I've cut them all in half. And I find I use twice as many treats, so I don't even bother anymore. Like sometimes, like I said, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll break up some for Gypsy. But as a whole, so yeah, moist and mini dog food works. That's awesome. Uh, when Gypsy was little, I bought bags of origin food. And that's what I used as her training treats was origin food. And because it was a little different from her normal food, and she's a golden, she loves to eat everything. Uh, when clicker training, is this a forever or are the dogs weaned from clickers at a certain point? And if so, how does that work? Kathy, that is like the million dollar question. I absolutely adore that question because you know I would have forgot about that. So with clicker training, I use it to introduce and build new behaviors. I do not want to have to be reliant on a clicker forever, but I'm going to use my words, you know. So if I said to you, is break or yes, is that going to be something you use forever? Ah, so you get this. When I'm working dogs, I use a clicker to introduce because it's easier and I can do it while I'm talking to somebody. So I do take clickers out in public sometimes. It's usually when I'm working puppies because I use, um, I take them out, um, puppy, the service puppies, right? I take them out in public with me. What happens whenever you have a service puppy out in public, especially a really cute service puppy out in public? Yeah, you guessed it. People are going to come up and talk to you. So if I'm already working on focus work with the dog, I can click and treat click and treat and click and treat while I'm talking to people. So it would look like this. And I'm just talking to you and I'm looking at you, but out of the corner of my eye, I can keep an eye on the dog. And the dog's looking at me and it's going great. And I'm clicking and treating because the dog's looking at me and not looking at you, not looking at the distractions. So that works out beautiful. Now I can't, yes, do that while I'm break talking to you. Yes, but it's going to be very distracting for me and for you. So I love a clicker for that. Now, I don't take a clicker with me usually um, when I'm working dogs. Uh, for training classes, yes, I take my clicker. 
but I'm not going to take it to uh, to a restaurant whenever I take a service dog out. I'm not going to take it to church when I'm taking a service dog there so I can click and treat the dog because no, movie theater, I'm not going to bring a clicker. Um, you know, while I'm out working, especially starting off a dog because I get them out in public as soon as I can. Yeah, I would. But I want the dog to not be reliant on it. If I'm still working on clicker focus, which to me is the very baseline level of focus, and the dog's six months old, a year old, and should have got better, um, you have to work at the dog's level, right? So if the dog is just starting out, you can think of that as like kindergarten, first grade, right? If the dog's getting it and doing good, maybe they're in middle school or high school, right? The dog's doing super good. Maybe he's in college or maybe he's working towards his PhD, right? But you want to make sure that it's appropriate for the dog. So I don't keep them using food and treats and clicker stuff forever. I wean them off of it. And that's where a lot of the clicker trainers don't know how to wean them off. Um, they just know that like you need one of these forever and ever. Amen. No, you don't. Like there's a point where I'm expecting the dog to get it. Maybe they don't get a click. Maybe they get a treat instead. Or a lot of times, if you notice, well, I usually get pictures of Gypsy. I don't get pictures of me and Gypsy when we're out. Um, but I usually don't have a treat bag on because Gypsy doesn't need a treat bag when we're out in public. Era didn't need a treat bag out in public, right? I, If I had a treat bag because I had another dog, I might use it to get Era lured up and get a pretty picture because otherwise he was like, no, I don't want to look pretty in my picture. I'm going to look like I'm serious and working because I'm a Malinois. I'm like, but I want you to look pretty and happy. And he's like, Malinois are serious. We're not pretty. Um, so yeah, you know, I want them weaned off of the clicker. I do not want you to be too dependent, too reliant on the clicker. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's a way to do it. And then Eve says she loves facial pressure. Uh, Melissa says she just always forgets my correctors, right? Melissa, did you get the handout? If not, it is in the Facebook group, the How to Train Your Service Dog for online members uh, only, online course members. Um, and if you look under the files, we should have it on there and it's reducers and correctors. It has the four words. It's a beautiful flow chart in pretty purple. It's awesome. It has the company colors on it. Um, Jackie says she likes that parting like the Red Sea, right? And Shoshane says trust dogs don't eat in general. And so Panda's owner's on here. And whenever she came out for her first lesson, I'm tossing some treats on the ground and Panda's not eating them. And about halfway through the session, Panda starts eating the treats. So I always tell people like that was a prime example of it is you're exactly right. The stressed dogs don't eat. So that's a good way to judge how stressed your dog is. If your dog won't eat, your dog is too stressed. And actually Dobby, who they had their halfway session today, I was telling his owner that, that sometimes, you know, the dog, you know, he doesn't want to eat or he won't eat his full bowl. Sometimes it's because they're picky. Sometimes it's because they're holding out because they think they're going to get people food or get like the better thing or get some canned food, you know, and sometimes they're just not that hungry, you know, they're not like people who will keep eating. <laughs> Shoshane says, Roman is so picky with food and treats. Uh, I don't really think I've had a really picky dog. Mine have all been pretty good. Some of them had stomach issues. My two shepherds have had stomach issues, so I've had to watch what they get. Um, Shira says she uses four salmon, four house salmon and rice. It's sufficiently stinky, right? Jackie says, I have made this batch. It doesn't smell in the dehydrator at all. Ah, I don't have a dehydrator. Uh, but put it in the oven afterwards for 10 minutes at 165 to kill pathogens. And it stunk. Yeah, it stunk up my whole house. 
Uh, and then our oven went out today. Well, it didn't go out. The gas went out. So we have to go after my doctor's appointment tomorrow. We have to go get gas so we can cook again. Um, da, da, da. Let's see. In a movie theater, you just hear random clicking, right, Melissa? We'll go as a big group and we'll all just be clicking during it. It'll be like a quiet movie. What was that real quiet movie that was out a few months ago? Like the silent place or something like that? Where I, I didn't see it. That type of movie doesn't appeal to me. But like we should go there and just like click constantly. Yes, good boy. Look at what you did. And there was kind of the guy, yeah. And then Jane talked to Chewy, and they're online only. So, yeah. And then you forget to bring it with you. No, I got it, too. And that's with dogs, especially, you know, when we have the service dogs out. Everyone has phones out. I don't want to be the one who's being recorded, you know, like popping a dog out in public. Uh, even if the dog's being a jerk and trying to go off and hump some kid's leg. The silent place. Yep, there you go. Uh, so, I like e-collars for that because I can be very discreet with it but the key with using the reducer the key with using the clicker is what comes first guys the clicking or the egg <laughs> right it's no clicking it's the chicken but what do you do with the clicker so i want to get back to that i want to charge the markers with you guys tonight like it's a hands-on session tonight guys it's super um what do you do first the chicken or the clicking or the the treat or the egg because gypsy likes eggs as treats too do you give the dog food and then click? No, that's the wrong way to do it. What you do is you click and then treat, right? Shishane says she just got her e-collar today. Um, Eliza says exactly around my neighbors. I'm like, no, she still, she still barks and I need to get the corrector. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we charge the clicker. So I want you to take 10 treats or less. 10 treats is like usually the max that you need, but just set them aside, some, some treats, right? And what you're gonna do is, let's see if we can move this here. Gypsy, come here, want treats? Come here, come on. Oh, she's so tired. Okay, Rue, come here. So Rue's here, so this is Rue, Rue's my border collie. So what do we do? You can see, I kind of have it hidden, right? I don't wanna, and then I can reach over here, get a treat, and give Rue a treat. I can click again, and then move my hand. Notice what I am not doing as fast as I can. Don't do that. Don't click with the treat in your hand and shove it in your dog's mouth as fast as you can. It's stupid. Don't do it. It's the wrong way to do it. The right way is to, no, he just downed. Okay? There you go. He just downed. I liked it he downed. That's very good, or good, 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 good. Thumbs up right there. Nah, see, I took too long talking. <clears throat> but that's okay, I'm just charging the clicker right now. So how do you know? Now, one of the things I do too is instead of giving it to him, I'll toss it on the ground. So he has to reset himself. And by resetting himself, say I'm working on sit, and he sits, and I give him a treat in his mouth like I just did, and he's still sitting. What do I do? Now, I can get up and move, but we're talking lazy training tonight. And I'm going to toss it so he has to get up. And because of this, I can do it while I'm talking to you. Now, he's already offering me behaviors, right? So what I'm doing right now is called capturing the behavior. And I'm capturing the behavior by waiting for him to do it, clicking and treating. Okay, but you can see I still, I have it under my hand, so it is muffled. So if you do have a dog who has noise sensitivities, you don't have to have it really out there. 
freaking catch treats too. He's very talented. So you see the sound difference? So Gypsy's doing good. So I can click for Gypsy. Oh, Gypsy got up. So I don't need to have these treats in my hand, even though Ruth thinks I do need to have these treats in my hand. I could have them over here. And you know what I found with Gypsy is I would have the treats in my hand. I would put a few in here like this and I would hold on to them so I could just easily dish them out. And you know what I found was Gypsy was getting very pushy with it, very pushy. So what I started doing is that, is having the treats off to the side, having the treats in my treat bag. I'd click and then I'd reach for the treat. And I found that that slowed her down and made her better. There, Melissa, sign these kitties back. So that's um, Ninja's sister. That is, hi, Samurai, or we call her Sam. So how do you know that your clicker is sufficiently charged? If your dog's not paying attention to you and you click and your dog swings his head and looks at you, that means that the clicker is sufficiently charged and you can continue with your training. Now, usually, okay, you can go lay down for a couple minutes. Usually with clicker training, you only have to charge the clicker one time. Now that was the clicker. What do you do with yes or break? Ready to see that? Yes. And remember guys, we're talking lazy training tonight. Come here, come closer. Yes. See, I had that one in my hand. So the kitties know, like I do have some freeze-dried liver that I use for mine too, or the Stella and Chewies that are, you know, the freeze-dried. So usually when I'm training dogs, they get some. So they know the clicker too. My cats are clicker trained, guys. Break. So because I use yes, break, and click, I can use all of them this way. And I will charge all of them up. Break. Now, the other thing is because Rue knows what's going on, if you can tell, he's starting to offer me eye contact. So focus break, is the first thing I start teaching the dogs. And notice I toss it away, so he has to come back. Break. And then I reach and I toss. And it gets him running around the room. Watch, I'll show you. Break. Reach, toss, find it. Look, go find it. Oh, the kitty found it. So look, he's going to search it out. Oh, he found it. Root come. Break. So my first training game. Hi, Gyps, you're back. Here, I give you two treats because we've got a whole bunch of treats and you didn't get any. Yeah, and that's how we train with multiple dogs, right? Okay, go lie down. Is uh, what we do is uh, the focus, the look at me, the stare adoringly into my eyes. I'm going to click and treat that. As they get it, whenever they start looking away, uh-uh, good, 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 click treat, okay? But we'll do the, the look, we'll add their name in, so his name was Rue, so we'll add name in. Um, we'll teach find it, as I toss them to the ground, I'll say find it, and I'll give them another click right before they eat it. And then they start getting come because they're boomeranging anyway, and they're going to come back to you anyway. So your first training sequence, I guess, that you're going to do is basically look, find it, come. Then you can start adding in sit because most dogs are going to start offering that sit right away. Guys, it is so cool. It is so easy. It is so lazy and it is so effective. Okay. It is amazing. It's super amazing. Uh, so that is 
how we start training. Um, but you can do anything. So we were talking about this in group class on Sunday, because we had class on Sunday this past weekend. And uh, we were talking about how to teach your dog to down. Now, here's one. Most people teach down with a lure. So what is a lure? Food lure is here's the food. Do you see the food? Okay, now follow it here and follow it there. And you just keep it. And that works. That works really good for things like heal. You know, walk with me here. We're going to go through a crowded area. You heal at my side and you don't pay attention to other things great for heel. They're going to have that nose right into that hand, you know, attached to it, glued to it, right? But when I'm teaching down, I don't like to have to go get the dog into a sit, right? So there, there's some stability, some solidness there, some anchoring going on, right? So the dog's in a sit and then you pull the treat from the dog's nose all the way down to the ground and then towards you or towards the dog, or you just wait there depending on the dog. Here's the problem with this, is you end up with somebody who's from a standing position, and remember, I'm over six foot tall, is you go down and you raise your hand up over your head and you pull the treat all the way down to the ground, or you have to point all the way down to the ground, and it is flipping annoying. I don't want to have to do that. I want down to be microscopic in the actions. I don't want to make a big down production out of it. I want it to just be down and my dog downs. How do you get that? Oh, it could take forever. And I'm going to tell you about that next, but first I want to read some comments. Uh, here we go. Click. Yep. Here we go. I've taught all my dogs that when I snap my fingers, they better behave just like my son knew the same, says Mary, right? Uh, and and uh, Susan said, click comes first. Exactly. Uh, Cheryl says, I've been using verbal markers in public. Good. And I don't have a problem with verbal markers. I mean, I don't have a problem with clickers out in public for the service dogs in training or for the dogs in training. I just feel like there should be a time where they're weaned off because I don't want to be walking through the store clicking. Click, click, click. It's like you're doing canastas, right? Do, 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 do. We don't want to do that. Um, Melissa says, oh my gosh, you're Siamese kitty. I haven't seen him before. So cute. Yeah. Um, Samurai likes to hide, right? Um, pretty kitty. Thank you. I bet Sam would respond to clicker training. She looks pretty observant. Yeah, yeah, like I said, they like, yeah, mine comes running when they hear a clicker. So um, Grizel says she's struggling with down. So I'm going to show you how to do down. Now, guys, this is my favorite way to teach down, okay? Not only is it my favorite way to teach down, it is the best way ever to teach down. And teaching down this way is not only much more successful, but the dogs get it faster, believe it or not. And you want the best part? There's no fighting. There's no struggling. There's no bending over. Ah, right? How amazing is that? So what you're going to do and how you teach down is, I see we have some questions coming up. So we will answer those after we show you guys how to do down. So I'm going to move the camera again so you can see whoever decides to come over and work with me. Hi, Rue. So Rue's back. So I'm going to wait and I'm going to talk to you guys while you guys get to watch Rue. And I'm just going to wait him out. I'm going to be very boring and I'm going to have to move the clicker to my other hand because Rue thinks he's going to get, oh my gosh. Hi, honey. No, thank you. Rue thinks he's going to get a treat. So Rue actually initially was gotten uh, to be a diabetic alert dog. And that was his alert that we were working on and he was really getting it. And Luke fell in love with him and decided to keep him. And since Luke's not diabetic, we didn't continue his training. Uh, and now that we have the ranch, Rue gets to herd cows and goats and chickens, which is awesome. 
But Rue is also going to get a little bit frustrated because he doesn't know what we want. And for this, it is good because this is patience, guys. This is pure patience. Now, I have had dogs. It takes them 40 minutes to do this the first time. And what we do is we capture the down. So I wait for him to down on his own. And then he gets a click and a treat right away. And not only a treat, I'm going to toss the treat. Now for dogs, boot camp dogs, good boy. Boot camp dogs, I have them on a leash and I just stand on the leash. So they don't have all the room in the world to, to roam. I just wait them out. So this is something I will, I can draw. I can work on my journal. I can uh, watch a, a, a video, listen to a podcast. Look, come back over here. Um, I can do different things, play on Facebook, watch TV. I can do whatever I want to do because I only need to really keep half an eye on my dog. I'm just waiting for him to down. Good boy. So Gypsy's under the table too. So this is my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite way to do it. And like I said, for the first time, it could take some time. It could really take some time. And that's okay, guys. You have time and it is Better to take the time and get this solid than to rush through it and get a half-assed job. Good boy, bro. Now, look, I tossed it right to him. What if I would have hand-delivered it to him? Same thing. He's still in a down. How do I get him out of a down? I could break and see move my hand, get him to move. But this is lazy training, so I'm trying to be as lazy as possible. <laughs> I've got practice at that. So who would bet me money that if I tell Rudy down, he's going to down within a minute? Right? I think he would. Down. Good boy, Rue. So now I'm going to toss the treat over there. Oh, yeah, he got it. Down. Good boy, Rue. Down. Down. Now, most dogs, like I said, start this on a leash, guys. I'm showing off because I forgot a leash um, and I don't have one back here. Down. Good boy, Rue. Running out of treats. I'm going to have to open up the other bag, guys. Down. Break. Never actually has an amazing down. Good boy. I said the word, right? Didn't I? I said down. And that was it for right now. Okay, go lay down. See, go lie down. Oh, and Gypsy's putting her head down between her paws because that's the last thing that we are really working on capturing with her. And um, we can do the, the head downs. Zoe has a, an all done. It was going to be look sad, but her tail went go crazy the whole time. So you can't look sad when your tail's going a million miles an hour. Um, so for her, it was all done. Um, Gypsy, I was working on head down, but I really want that focus on me. So once I got the head down for her trick title, I'm like, that's it. We don't need to do this anymore. Okay, Gypsy, got to move so I can pull in. Uh, how do you phase away from treats entirely? Ask Samantha. So great question. So Rue's down, right? Gypsy's down. Good boy. Pat, pat, pat. Well, he went to go on. Ah, where's the treat? Gypsy, good girl. That's all. All done. Uh, I'll go to maybe intermittent reward, right? Maybe every other, maybe every few, you know, but he's going to get praise. Good boy. 
I like that. He's going to get pets because he likes pets. I'm going to throw a ball occasionally. Occasionally, we're going to go back in the house. and I'm going to give him a treat because I've got boxes and bags of treats everywhere. Uh, you know, there's not going to come a time, usually, where the dog gets no recognition whatsoever. You know, there's always going to be a time where I'm telling him he's a good boy or she's a good girl, um, where, you know, good job, where they get a pet, where they get some loving. Uh, we had Gypsy at Universal last weekend, and or, I didn't bring the treats. Like I said, her reward was um, we pet and snuggled. You know, it works. But when they're puppies, they've got puppy brains, and they only have about a five to ten minute attention span. So you want to make them short sessions. As they get older, like Rue can work a long time. Arrow could work longer. Gypsy, not so much. Gypsy, we were at the park for a couple hours, and she's like, I'm ready to go home. And we're like, well, let's go out to eat. She goes, I want to go home. Uh, so, you know, but when you do, you, you get them phased away. And sometimes it's because you forgot them. Like, I don't want to have a dog dependent on treats. I don't want to say, Gypsy, come in the house. I've got your treats. She's not coming in the house. No, that means we need to work on come when called better. Um, I don't want to work on, or I don't want to have to um, have treats to get my dog to sit. And this would happen a lot, especially in the Gainesville Training Center when we had it. My dog knows sit. I don't need to go to basic. I can start in our, your advanced class because my dog knows sit and shake. I go, yeah, show me. Watch this. Puffy, sit. Sit. Puffy, sit. I said sit. Puffy, why haven't you sat? Sit. And then they'll start snapping and pointing. Snap, snap, point, point. Finally, Puffy will sit. See, Puffy sat. She belongs in the advanced class. And I'm like, no, this is how it should be. You know, and it was usually Arrow or Jedi or Zoe there. So it'd be, you know, one of the dogs sit and boom, they'd sit. Good boy. That's it. So I wouldn't, you know, I want them faced away. I don't want it to have to be, see, I have to get the treat out and hold it above his nose and then he's going to do it. So one of the things that we do as well is we start with the foundation of food. Okay. I like to play with it with the boot camp dogs too. Um, Rich and Luke think I'm a little crazy at times when I do it, but I like to start with the food for most of them you know, especially introducing new things. And then we layer on the collar, the training collar, right? And then we also might layer on the e-collar. So here's down, right? We just did down. I also want to teach the dog down with a leash in case I need it at some point. So then it's not their choice. And if they don't want to do it, I guess that just won't get done. No, once he knows down, I'm going to, and he understands leash pressure, I can combine them. And I can stand on the leash and tell him to down. And he should down because he knows what it is. And then if he decides, no, I'm going to stand here and away and you can't do anything about it, <laughs> you want to bet. <laughs> so I have different ways to communicate. I would tell people puppies, tricks, and service dogs. But really, like, I like to treat dogs. It's fun. It brings me back to my roots of dog training. Um, and it's fun. It just, it is. I like giving the dogs the treats and they're like, Am I getting a treat today? Was I a good boy? I'm like, you was a good boy. Here's your treat. And they're like, oh boy. It's fun. I like it. You like it. You know you do. Um, Susan said, Sam got so excited that when I stopped, he got a squeaker toy. <laughs> Aw. And Marie says, I've been doing the focus work like what you were just doing with Rue, but she's not super made by her food or the treat. I have, if there's a distraction higher than my roommates hanging around, I got to find this freeze-dried treats you mentioned. She needs a high motivator. Anne-Marie, look at Chewy. <laughs> but I also know you're in Gainesville. So um, I believe Pet Supermarket, 
Now this was about three or four years ago, price wise, but they had um, freeze dried lamb one, and that you, that worked out pretty good. And I think they were the cheapest in Gainesville at the time. But um, but Chewy has everything uh, because yeah, some dogs need it. Now Chance, when he was in, he loved the dry biscuits. I would do these, and he was like they're fine but you get those dry biscuits on he's like oh boy so we got like these newman's own and i took a picture of the bag and i sent it to his owner i'm like he wants these he says to order him these because he really loves them <coughs> but you do some dogs are just like Meh, for the food so you have to get them good good something to motivate them so it's like this i'm not wild about what don't i like olives I don't like olives. Like they just look gross and dirty. Um, I don't like olives. So if you said to me, Vicki, I want you to do this and I'm going to pay you by going and getting you a can of olives. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to say no. Well, okay. Well then we'll get you fresh olives because olives are the best. And I just adore olives and I know you will too. So like you do this thing, you paint my house for me and I will buy you a giant Sam's Club bag and jar or whatever of olives why aren't you doing the work? I'm like, cause I don't want olives. I'm not working for olives. Now, if you said to me, like, I'll buy you chicken wings, like, dude, I'm painting your house. Maybe not, but still you get the idea, right? So you have to go with what the individual dog likes. So the fact that most dogs like these, not all of them do. Um, and for Nim, you know, she could be a little picky with her stuff. So, you know, we try different things and sometimes the dog's like, like they're not stressed, but they're just, mm, I don't want that. I don't care. Okay, well, let's find something you might care about. So yeah, yeah, try that. Uh, Terry says, this was the only way I was able to get Goose to down. Now he does it without any treats and it worked great. That is awesome, Terry. I'm very proud of you. And Grizel said, thank you. You're very welcome. And Shashane says, I went to a local trainer last weekend and she swore the only way to train dogs is lure training and then adding the clicker. I was like, yeah, I'm in a wheelchair life. Yeah, life training doesn't work for 90% of the stuff for me. So Shane, that's exactly why I'm doing this right here, right now. So I have, gosh, don't even ask me how many physical injuries. There's a reason I didn't encourage Luke to play basketball. Is I got, let's see, um, twisted my ankle, I don't know how many times. Um, dislocated my kneecap. Uh, the dogs ran into the other one, so I don't even have a good knee anymore. My wrists, because of all the computer stuff, I've had carpal tunnel for a while. Um, which is usually pretty good. I sleep in wrist braces at night. My shoulder from dogs. Uh, you know, it's just constant, right? And then arthritis setting in with the injuries and the joints doesn't help it at all. And you've got to find a way to keep it easy on your body. Especially, again, I'm going to play it. How tall am I? I'm over six foot tall. I'm about six two. And if I was bending down to do the wonderful food lore every time, it's not going to work. So technically, Gypsy, stop it. Technically, I can do, she's looking her foot. Um, I can do lore for pretty, or capture the behavior for pretty much everything. Um, but some is going to take forever. So say you put a cot in the middle of the room and you want your dog to go to place. You could technically capture that behavior, but it's going to be a while. So, you know, the best thing to do is show the dog what it is. Click, 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 click. Okay, now what are you going to do? What are you going to treat for? And then you just overlay it. So Gypsy knows place. She's known place for quite a while. She's good at place. You know what she's not good at? is staying on place. So what we started working on today with our e-collar, um, she actually is using the dog to arc because it has a finger button and I've been really liking that. Um, so we have that 
And what, um, what, what I did is I put a place board out. We had clients today because it was gorgeous. Uh, I just, we just went outside. And so I took her outside and put her on place. And then I, I stayed there for a while. She did good. So then I started walking away and she decided to follow me. Even though when I, when I turned and left, I gave her the little finger, right? I don't use stay technically. Um, but I gave her that and she decided to follow me. So no, or nope, or uh-uh. What would you use? I use the uh-uh. Push, 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 push. Guide her, show her what I want. Point to the place. She got back on the place. It all disappeared. So we played the everything as lava game. And then she was good and I could walk all around and she did good. A couple hours later, we're back out there for another training session. And she's on place. The, um, the dog went down, the dog that we were working with went down to potty and she went down to go get pets. And I'm like, no, she had her e-collar on gypsy, uh-uh, you know, gypsy here, pop, 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 and guided her back. Now she didn't know what to do. So she's under my chair. No, under the table. No, by the door. No, over here. So this is where having her on a leash would have been better for her because it would have been less confusing. But I'm like right here on place. And she's like, what? Like she's always under me. She's beside me or she's under me. Well, you know what? That doesn't work. If I'm painting and she's underneath, I can't adjust my seat at all. And it gets annoying. If I'm teaching group class, I'd like to be able to send her to place and have her stay place while I'm teaching. And I don't have to worry about her. Well, she's not at that point yet. Error was because we had the training center and I needed that. I teach group class once a week and I can put her on me and tether her. And it's not a big deal, but I want the go to place and stay on place. Personally, I want it for her. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And the fact that she doesn't have it, she's almost a year and a half. Man, what have I been slacking on? So yeah, um, there's not one way to do anything. There, and this is the problem with the, the posies is it's scientific. Actually, it's not. That's so cute that you think that, aww. But there's, you know, it's not. There's there's the four quadrants of operant conditioning for a reason. And again, I don't get into the techie talk, but for those of you who like it, it's positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, and negative punishment. What does it mean? Positive means add something, right? Negative means remove something. Reinforcement means to up the amount of times it happens, make it happen more often. And punish means reduce the amount of times it happens. So let's take words and change what they mean. So I'm going to call work fun, fun day. I'm going to go to fun day today. Like, oh, what are you going to do? Fun. I'm going to fun day. Like, no, you can't like just take a word and change the meaning. Punishment does not mean that you're hurting your dog used in this way, right? Positive punishment means that you are adding something to reduce a behavior, right? Positive punishment. Negative punishment means I'm removing something to reduce the behavior. Positive reinforcement, I'm adding something to increase the behavior. And negative reinforcement, I'm removing something to increase the behavior. So all the, these posy people want to just train with the positive reinforcement. We just have to use that. That's it. Well, you're ignoring the other three quadrants. And if you want to be serious about being scientific and stuff, you can't redo, you can't do that right? You have to do all of them. Now, then the opposite, they call themselves balance trainers. Rich loves this term. I hate it. Because to me, balance says not that you use all four of them, but to me, to be in balance, you have to use all four of them the equal amount. So that means for every time I give her a, a food, 
like a positive reinforcement thing, right? I have to do a negative reinforcement, a positive punishment and a negative punishment. And I don't like that. So I'm listening to a podcast called The Canine Paradigm from Australia, which is great. And the guys have amazing accents and they coined something called positive first. And I love that. Because it is, it's positive first. Now, uh, if the dog gets dropped off and he's being a beast, like sometimes we start day one on e-collar. It's still positive. Like I'm not like frying the dog. And then as he's getting it, as he's calming down, like we do the fun stuff too, right? Uh, Shoshane says it was really bad when she was trying to lure Roman into a down and he kept looking at her like she was nuts. She got up to get more treats and I said to watch this Roman down and he plopped down and she got mad at me because I didn't lure train it down. <laughs> you need to go back to her and get video of this because this is funny. She also swore I couldn't train him while in a wheelchair. Needless to say, I'm not going back to her. I just needed help with heel while in a wheelchair. Oh, Shoshana, I got you here, girl. So this is what you do for heel in a wheelchair is short leash attached to the chair, not in your hand and food. So get your dog to follow the food lore and then food right there while you're in the chair. So I have a wheelchair, I have a walker and I have a cane. I do not have one of those roller raters and I need to get one, um, but I'll play around with it. And if the dogs know luring for food good, it's a lot easier. Now it might be that Roman needs to go somewhere to learn a good heel, you know, just to make it. But, uh, and I don't know what type of dog Roman is. I don't know where he's at in his training. So if you want to take this private, go for it. But I would do prong collar just because it's easier on you or head halter, the gentle leader, not one of the other weird brands or the slip lead head halter, which would be fine. Short right there, food, food, food. Get one of those licky um, lick sticks, you know, if you need to and just have him right there and just short at first. A lot of people expect like he should heal through like Disney, like really good when he's like 10 weeks old, right? No, that's not going to happen. But if you're smart, how you do your training, you can walk through Disney on a loose leash at your side, at your pace, but it's not going to be the eyes up, gazing adoringly at me, head turned to the side. So I get a crick in it. I'm going to gaze at you adoringly the whole time in the competition. Heel. So yeah, let me know what's going on. Hot dogs suggested as a treat. Yep. Um, chicken wings. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I want to find something that makes her eager to work. Nice. And Pam knows about the arthritis. Michelle says, where do I get the e-collar? So this is the dog tour arc, which I really like. I mean, like I said, it has the push button and where I got it is Amazon. Um, e-collar technologies, I sell them. Um, you can order them on their website too. Um, but it's not the collar. It's not the prong collar. It's not the head halter. It's not the treats. It's not the, um, the pet convincer. It's not the doggy donut. It's not the e-collar. It is the training behind it and using quality products as well. So you need both. You need to have the training behind it and you need to have good equipment. And when you combine those together, it's Nirvana, right? It's heaven, guys. It is beautiful, magnificent. Da, 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 da. Um, it's, it's great. But if you're going to use crappy equipment, um, I'm going to use a too big harness that my dog can get out of. And I'm going to have really crappy timing and my dog's not going to know what's going on. My dog's going to be a beast and not a ha-ha, look at the beast of the dog I have. But like a horrible, monstrous beast with sharp, pointy fangs and large claws and it's going to be terrible. And that was a Beauty and the Beast reference if you got it. Um, Anne-Marie says, woohoo, operant conditioning quadrants. We even learned that in the zoo, right? I try not to get into that too much. However, being in Gainesville, we got... Um, Quite a few people who they were scholars 
and they knew this stuff and they wanted to talk to me in that way. And I'm like, bring it, you know, like I can do that. I don't do that. I try to keep things on a conversational level, not necessarily a fifth grade level. Sometimes I'll throw in some big words, but I don't want to use just that stuff. It's annoying to me. Whenever you try to talk like that, I want to be able to understand you without needing a dictionary. Um, but yeah, I know all of that. Um, I know classical conditioning and counter conditioning and <laughs> um, Shashane says he has a perfect heel walking, but the moment I'm in the chair, he tries to be in front of me. Okay. <coughs> so yeah, then um, try if you can, um, try him in a rolly chair, like an office rolly chair and see if there's a difference there. So what we like to do is find out where the dog is, where we need the dog to be and look at all those places in between and how we can work that. And if he's doing good, what about if you sit in like a kitchen chair? Will he try to get in front of you or will he be at your side? Right now, you can't really move a kitchen chair that well unless they have little rollies at the end, like, you know, like the 50s diner type of style. Um, but if so, you know, if he knows heel means at my side and he goes in front of you, no, or uh-uh, heel, right? And that's where that comes into play too. <clears throat> he's a German Shepherd. Oh, 17 weeks old, 18 weeks old, something like that. Yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah. Then that's totally different. So you've still got a puppy. You've got a four month old puppy. And so, yeah, he's going to make, so use the food lore, use the food lore and show him like, that's front. This is here. Hi Luke. What's up? Um, I'm online. The, I know, but just want to let you know the food is in the uh, sauce pan. It's still there. I don't know. If Can you put it in a container? All right. I don't know if it's cooked or not. I'm just some of it is so we have gas for our stove we have a gas canister propane canister outside and it ran out today while rich was making fajitas for lunch well for dinner and um and luke was just telling me that nobody put it away so he's gonna put that away and then whenever we get new propane tomorrow he'll take the tank in and he'll fill it up um and then he'll uh we won't have to worry about it uh cara says so with the e-collar it's a vibration not a sound so some of them this one does not have sound. This one has a nick, a constant, and a pager, which is vibrate. Uh, there is one, if you want sound, the e-collar one that's the oval. So that's the um, the 900, the easy 900. That one has sound in it. There's four buttons there. So you get the momentary constant vibrate and tone. Um, so you can use that. I think there's a way to set it up that when you push the... Um, the stem button, the zappy part, um, it'll tone and then and then do it. So if you do the tone means no, like I want to do that with the nine. Um, you know, the PM, yeah, no sound freaks Wayland out. Yeah, I usually don't use the it's it's like an uh, tone. Um, in some dogs, I'll use the vibrate. Like Gypsy today, I was using the vibrate on her, and she was like, yeah. So sometimes people are like, oh, I just want a vibrate collar because it's nicer than a shock collar. And I'm like, you know, it's not a taser, right? Like, it's totally different from a taser. Um, so Shoshane says, yeah, I know he's still a puppy. He's just huge. And he's learning his basic manners sooner rather than later. Oh, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, totally. Because you can't have a giant puppy who's all over you. Um, and they do. They need to learn manners. And a lot of people put off training until the dog's six months old. And that is totally totally wrong. You want to start that training as soon as possible. So we talked about how to capture behaviors. So I'm going to show you how to capture calm behaviors. Would you like that? Would you like your dogs to be calmer and better? Listen more? 
So there are ways to capture your dog for being calm. For example, here we go. Rue, right there, is lying down, right? So lying down is good. So I can click and treat him for just lying down. I could also up the ante and wait for him to put his head down because that would be more relaxed. I could wait for him to close his eyes. I could wait for him to yawn. Uh, if you notice, he's lying on, probably can't tell too much, but he's lying on one hip, but he has his front end up. So there's three different downs. There's the sphinx down, then there's the cocked on one hip, and then there's hip and shoulders. And the sphinx sound, they can get up quickly. That's not as relaxed. The one hip is more relaxed. And the hip and shoulders is, he got up and left, is the most relaxed. So what you do for capturing behaviors is you wait for them to occur and you click and treat. Just like we did with down. Now, I had a German shepherd years ago, Jedi. Jenny, you guys remember Jedi? I wanted Jedi to take a bow so bad. I loved that trick. And I thought to myself, because we did a lot with kids. We do a lot of, you know, dog safety stuff and uh, you know, she went to schools and Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and everything else. We actually won, what was Luke in? Second grade? I think second grade. And they did clubs in school, maybe third grade. But anyway, they did clubs in school. And what they did for these clubs is it was four weeks and you'd go in there for, I think it was like 30, 45 minutes and you could rotate through. So they asked me to come in and do the dog club. So Jedi and I went in every week of the school year and we did four different weeks. And so one of them was training. So we got all the kids with clickers. It was so much fun. One of them was grooming. One of the, and then we had two others. I don't remember what the two others were. I remember was the training and the grooming. But, but we do that. And, and I don't know what my point was on this, but it was super fun with her. But you, oh, capture. So I wanted her to, I'll get back to it eventually. I wanted her to take a bow. Because I'm like, how cute would it be if at the end of our session, like Jedi would do a bow? Or like at the end of our presentation, Jedi would do a bow and take a bow. Like I wanted that. She, I'm trying to lure her every which way she would not down or she would not bow. You know, she'd down, she'd stand there and look at me like I'm stupid, but she would not bow. I'm like, just bow already. Um, so in the mornings, however, she would stretch and her stretch was a bow. So what I ended up doing is I put a clicker and treats in my bathroom. And I would go to the bathroom first thing in the morning and she would follow behind me. And while I'm in the bathroom, she would stretch. So when she would stretch, I would click and treat. Now, really, how many times a day do you go in the bathroom and your dog follows you and your dog takes a bath? All right. It happened maybe once or twice a day. So it took a while to get it captured. And whenever she started, you know, like kind of getting it, I started adding that cue to it. Because I knew she was going to do it. Bow. And so we taught her to take a bow by capturing that behavior. And like I said, you can capture calm as well. I've got one for you right here. Where is she? Gypsy. Right there. No, you can't see her. I'm turning it the opposite way. There she is. So look that head down, right? Break! Because my hands were full holding my computer. And I can give her a treat because she did really good. So what calm behaviors? I want you guys to make a list of calm behaviors. And again, if you're in my online group, you have this. It's um, common chaos. Okay, but you want to capture the, the calm. So your dog going from a stand to a sit or a stand to the down or a sit to a down. Um, your dog putting his head down, yawning. Um, if he goes from and closes his mouth. If he blinks, you can, yeah, you can click a blink. You can click for tail wag getting slower. 
anything. What does your dog do whenever he's starting to calm down? Break. Sigh. Gypsy just sighed. So she gets a treat and then I'll toss one over for Rue. And then he gets to look for that one. So you can capture calm. And guess what, guys? The more you capture calm. Now, I do this with most of the dogs who come in for boot camp. Um, the more you capture the calm, the more your dog's going to offer those calm behaviors to you. And that's what you want. You don't want a dog who's like a freak, who's like I'm vibrating with anticipation. You want a dog who's just going to be chill and not worry about things. And that's awesome. That's exactly what you want. And how do you do that? You capture the behaviors. You capture what you like. Okay, so Shoshane says he's doing really well given his age and seeing as I'm mostly stuck in a wheelchair at this point and it's been raining for three days so walking hasn't happened too much and I have, feels like such a bad mom. No, 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 no. Gypsy, we got her at two months old. Most people do, right? Eight weeks old. I knew in a month I was signed up for a workshop, a Duke Ferguson workshop and I could bring Arrow. Arrow would have rocked it, right? But I didn't. I wanted to bring, uh, I got your text, that's fine. I wanted to bring Gypsy, because she was going to be three months old. And how perfect is that going to be to bring my three-month-old puppy to this workshop? Uh, and then in another month, when she was four months old, Gary Wilkes was coming into Jacksonville, and we were going to go there. And again, I could have brought Arrow, and he would have been great. I could have brought Rue. Rue would have been great. But I wanted to bring Gypsy. I wanted to bring the puppy because she needed the exposure. And then I had a workshop that I was teaching in Miami. So Gypsy was going to come with me there, too, when she was four months old. Okay. Yeah, well, I got sick during between three and four month workshops. I got sick for about two weeks. I didn't do almost any training with her. I did the bare minimum and I felt guilty and I felt bad and that doesn't help anybody. So she, she got her training. I think she's, she's pretty awesome. Um, there's always stuff we need to work on and improve, but, but there's going to come times, especially whenever you have a disability and you're working with your, your potential service dog where things are going great and things couldn't be better. And it's just amazing. And then there's times where you're like, I need more spoons today. This isn't going to happen. And I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And that's when you rely on your support network and your support team. You have to, um, because they're there for you and you can't handle everything alone. Even if you're in perfect health, you cannot handle everything alone, right? That's what friends are for. That's what family's for. That's what professional trainers are for. Um, okay. Let's see what's next. Guess what, guys? As we wrap up here, do you guys have any questions for me? Answer me. Do you have any questions? Um, if you have any questions when you're doing this, just tag me in it so I get notified. Sometimes I don't get notified. Um, or message me if you're on um, Facebook. It's Victoria Warfel. Or it's, um, I'm usually the one who does the one on, on our Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page. You can also go on our website, which is dreamcanine.com. Okay. Our podcast is called How to Train Your Service Dog. Our YouTube channel is Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training. Our Facebook group is also called How to Train Your Service Dog. And our online course is howtotrainyourservicedog.com. So there's two things that you have to remember. How to Train Your Service Dog com podcast facebook group and dream dogs or dream canine the letter can the number nine those are what we use for like everything so if it's not dream dogs it's dream canine or it's how to train your service dog right um thanks for the pep talk that helps good to hear it and shoshane will message you sometime soon now perfect good um 
I'm going to go, they're going to do go with some chickens, which got back with the paint. So we're going to paint it kind of like a TARDIS blue with white trim. So I'm going to tell people when they arrive that my house is bigger on the inside and see if they get it. And then uh, we probably have extra paint. And if so, we're, we need to build new goat bunkers and a new chicken coop. So I guess what colors they're going to be. Yeah, everything's going to match. Uh, so bye, guys. Susan says bye. Bye, guys. Um, tomorrow, I have doctor's appointment. This week, Saturday, we have group class. So write it on your calendar. Saturday at 10 a.m. is when I have scheduled for group class. Uh, I hope to see you there. Shoshana, I love the reference, right? Um, Luke got a Harry Potter wand. He got Voldemort's wand. Um, Rich wants to get one, but he hasn't decided which one yet. And they're like, well, don't you want one? And I tell him I got my sonic screwdriver. They got me one for Christmas a few years ago. Uh, see you Saturday with Pandemonium. Awesome. And Mandy loves the TARDIS too. I wanted him. Apparently there's a TARDIS chicken coop you can build, but it's, we have like almost 20 chickens and it's not going to fit almost 20 chickens. So Rich will build it for me. But I'm like, I don't care. Build two of them. I want a TARDIS in my yard. How cool would that be? So if any of you guys are handy, we can trade out dog training for a TARDIS chicken coop. So Samantha says bye. Bye guys for real Z's this time. Bye-bye. Check us out. Subscribe, love, like, and I will see you in the future.